Interesting. All right. Good morning. Oh, we can do better than that. Good morning. Yes. Amen. Um, thank you for having me at chapel today. So I'm Q. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, um, I'm a student body president here at Northwestern. Excuse me. And um, it's President's Day, so we're going to say a prayer for our president and a blessing for the presidents before. So if you will pray with me. Uh, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day. We pray for um, everyone in authority in this country, in this state, in, uh, at this school, Lord, especially our presidents. Lord, that they can um, have discernment in all of their decisions, Lord, that you will be uh, influencing the decisions that they make. We thank you for allowing us to have a system of freedom that would allow for us to have uh, a president. Lord, we thank you. Amen. So today I want to talk a little bit about perceptions. How many of you guys have some perceptions about me? Anyone? Anyone? Anyone bold enough to say them out loud? Outgoing? Okay, that's a good one. Teddy bear. Love that. Love that for us. Anyone else? Okay, so, you know, those are perceptions. Although those weren't negative, I appreciate it. It could have gotten a little spicy up in here. But uh, those are perceptions, right? So let me tell you a bit about myself. I grew up in a Christian home, um, and I use the word Christian home very uh, loosely um, because I do feel like the way I grew up, we were more Christians by um, displaying morality than we were Christians by teaching each other what it means to love well. Um, and I think a lot of us can probably relate to that. And so um, I grew up in a single parent household. And for me, my mother um, was and is my biggest role model in life. She has always been in school for as long as I can remember. And she's always worked jobs after jobs while on top of doing school. So um, she currently holds a master's degree in, I think it was in organizational leadership. She's probably going to watch this later, so don't get mad at me if I got that wrong. Um, but, um, and she's working on her doctorate. She just started working on her doctorate. Um, I grew up in a single parent household, but it wasn't always the case that she was able to have those degrees, right? She had to work for them just like all of us did. And so growing up, we um, really didn't have a lot of resources. We were pretty poor. Um, I remember being homeless by the age of like eight uh, and having to go and live with different people. And that was a very interesting time in my life. Um, I think my family had just normalized the chaos. And I think some of us probably grew up in households where chaos is just kind of normalized. And we get to college and we're like, whoa, that wasn't normal. <laughs> um, and so I think the reason my family normalized the chaos is because my neighborhood actually normalized the chaos. So uh, I grew up in a neighborhood that was in Colorado that was um, very low income, tons of drugs, uh, pain, death, alcohol, gangs. And those things were normalized. Those were part of the, the culture of that neighborhood. And I think if you had met me back then, you would have seen a very different cue. I actually know that you would have. Um, 
And so in some ways I've changed, but what I want to stress is that um, on the surface, if you ran into me on the street back then, you probably would have said, oh, he's a hoodlum. Um, and that is because on the surface, we have this worldly perception of the neighborhood that I grew up in or neighborhoods like mine, that people from those neighborhoods are lazy, violent, lost. And in truth be told, my dad was a pastor at a church in those neighborhoods, right? Very active church. And so um, there's this disconnect, right, from these low-income neighborhoods. Um, and even though my, my mom worked two jobs and goes to school full-time, she was still labeled a lot of things misconceived to be lazy, violent, lost. And so what are some perceptions that we have of each other, I think is what I want to talk about today. I think we at our Northwestern community really talk a lot about community and love and sacrifice, right? But I think if we're being honest, there are things that we perceive of each other, of different sections or different sub-communities within our community, right? Oh, these people are known for this. These people do this over here. And when it comes down to unity, we have to start to break down the perceptions. So I want to tell you a story in the Bible about how worldly perceptions were broken down. So if you are someone who takes notes um, or opens the Bible, which I strongly recommend, um, <laughs> we're going to open up to Joshua 2. Um, and honestly, it's a good thing these things were broken down because the promised land was at stake here in Joshua 2. So I want to talk about um, kind of the overall, and then I'll talk about specifics. So in this story, Israel was coming to Jericho and to take over the city. And Jericho was a fortified city, very strong, very powerful um, in their defense. And they thought it was impossible to do. There was a woman within the city who was a Canaanite who was living in Jericho, and her name was Rahab. Um, and she had, we'll see later, she expressed her faith to the Lord. Um, but she was responsible for helping the spies hide from the authorities. So they sent, Israel sent in spies to Jericho in order to get a better lay of the land. And eventually they used this information to take over the city. And they allowed for the reports to get back to the Israelites. Um, so I just want to stress first and foremost that Rahab is a, is a character in the Bible that we often overlook, right? And I think that's because in the Bible, she was overlooked. Um, as, a, as a Canaanite woman, she would have been one of the most overlooked people to the Jewish people. Um, and so I want, to, I want to say first, in Genesis 13, 13, it describes the Canaanites as wicked and sinners, Right? And so there's this perception of what a Canaanite was, okay? So I want to look at what this story says. We're going to start in verse 2. So it says in verse 2, the king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab, bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the land. See, the king already knew there were spies. He already knew. That's how fortified the city was. He, nothing comes in and out without the king knowing. So he already knew that there are people there. And I want to go ahead and read verse 8. It says, Before the spies lay down for the night, 
she, talking about Rahab, went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for when, for when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed, and when we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. This is significant. This is significant. This is a Canaanite woman professing the gospel, brought to faith by the way God delivered his people. This is significant. It goes on to say in verse 12, Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Hey, you know, do me a little favor and don't kill me, basically, right? This is amazing because this is a God-fearing woman. But she's a Canaanite. How can it be? How can she be trusted? How can we trust this Canaanite woman? I'm sure these spies were wondering. And at the end of the day, they both had to have discernment. They both had to believe in a plan that God had for the character of each other. The spies and Rahab had to have discernment. And it goes on to say in verse 14... Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. It was through this discernment that the Israelites were able to have the land. And I want to stress that. It was this discernment that saved Rahab and her family. It was this discernment that put Rahab in the lineage of Jesus. So the, the, really the lesson we, we are to learn from this story is that when we have godly discernment, right, and not worldly perceptions, things happen. And I want to lay them out. One, we have a better ability to fulfill our promises to God and each other. Um, the spies really had to have discernment in order to trust Rahab. And they had to cast out their worldly judgments of who a Canaanite woman is in order to do this mission well. And ultimately, they had to trust the mission of God. Two, we are able to better help people around us, and God has mercy on us. So for Rahab... She had to have discernment to trust the spies. This, is, this was a huge risk for her. She had to cast out her worldly way of thinking about the Israelites and their purpose. She could have gave the spies up very easily. She had to trust the mission of God. It was through the work of God that led, led Rahab to faith, but she still needed someone uh, to trust her and have discernment so God 
could use her. So I want to I want to stress that there's a difference between when we come into contact with someone and they get to know God. That's so significant. But sometimes they need someone to trust them so that way they can see how God can use them. And we're able to fully step into better proximity with God through the discernment. Proverbs 3 verse 5 through 6 says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart." And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make straight your paths. He will make straight your paths. The end of that story um, is that the Israelites took the land as part of the promised land. And Rahab and her whole family were, um, were spared. And she became part of the genealogy of Jesus. So here's this Canaanite woman who had to trust and not lean on worldly perceptions. And there's a group of people, the Israelites, who had to trust God and not lean on worldly perceptions and have discernment. And so we need to think about what are our perceptions, right, of each other. Are we giving identities to people other than what God says about them? Because God says about me that I'm a child of his, that I'm saved by grace, that I'm precious, more precious than jewels. And he says that about anyone who has a relationship with him. I could have been counted out like Rahab. I would have been here today, different person, I probably wouldn't be student body president. I could have been perceived as something I'm not because of where I grew up. I might not want to be part of the Christian community like this. Just as the Israelites had to trust God, we must also use discernment and trust in order to reach greater heights. And I strongly believe that part of our calling is to better understand the character of God. And he says we are all made in his image. So the character of God is within each one of us, waiting to be tapped into. We need to look at how we perceive people's character, how we perceive someone based on their culture, their race, identity, ethnicity, sexual orientation, theological beliefs, political beliefs. You don't have to agree. You just have to break down the perceptions. And we need to lean less on that and more on godly discernment. Because that is the only way that we can fully step in to community. I want to give you guys a blessing before my time is up here. So if I could have you all stand. And truly this blessing is for all of us as a community to... um, lean more into godly discernment, right? Um, So if you will, please, if you feel comfortable, receive this blessing with hands open. Lord, uh, I pray for this community, for this room, for each individual here, that they go forth and be blessed. Lord, that they can break down these worldly perceptions and lean more into the discernment that you're giving them. Help us to understand more as the days come.
what that looks like practically in each of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stay standing for worship.